Hello, everyone. Bonjour tout le monde. Welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. Before we get started with today's topic, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the channel that you're listening and watching from. And uh, that way you'll get notifications every time a new episode comes on, the new episodes every Thursday morning. So you'll get notified when they go live. And today is different. We're doing it differently today. I do not have a guest. I am the guest. So you are officially talking to Danielle. And ever since I started this podcast about seven months ago, I've had amazing guests come on, talk about uh their experiences and their expertise and whatever topic we would talk about. And uh, I thought today that I would share with you what it is that I do. And uh, many people who know me know that I do a lot of stuff and uh, I wear a lot of different hats and have different titles. So I'll only share with you the ones that are relevant to today's topic. And today we're going to be talking about the number one concern parents have regarding their children. Now it is a, it beats any other worries. And as parents, we worry a lot of, of different things, but this one in particular uh, is above everything else. And that would be concerns regarding your child's mental health. Bullying is in there as well, but today I'm only gonna be talking about uh, mental health concerns and how to navigate through that to help your child um, and give them the tools and resources that they need to be able to, to find the balance. As you can also, I've done two episodes on bullying, uh, so you can go back and watch episode three. There's a social worker who's worked with families of children who are victims of bullying, and she came up with an amazing system that will change the way that we handle bullying as adults. And I think that's very much needed, especially in schools. And uh, episode five, there's a, a wonderful man who came on to talk about his story of what it was like to be bullied throughout his school years and the impact that that had on him uh, growing up and into his adult years as well. So two amazing people who share their story, uh, very important to listen to. And uh, so today we'll be addressing mental health concerns that parents have for their children. And it is a, it is a very important topic to address because and I speak personally on this and professionally, how are we supposed to help our children navigate through their mental health uh, when we can barely hold our own? Um, that is something that I talk with, with my clients. I talk with parents all the time is how am I supposed to help this child when I can't even keep my stuff together? So it is a very valid concern. And uh, before I dive into the topic, I just kind of explain my background into this. I, I have worked with children professionally for over almost 20 years, actually. I started in, in 2004. I am a registered early childhood educator. I've taught early childhood development in college as well. So training the new generation of educators and uh, I've taught the sciences in schools. Um, I'm also trained in uh, rapid transformational therapy. I am a practitioner. I was trained by Marissa Peer herself, which is the founder of the technique. And so I got on into all of this to help children. I want to give them a voice on all the struggles that they go through. I see the pain that they go through. I see the struggle that they go through. And I've always wanted to help children um, through that. Uh, but I've noticed along the way that children are very resilient. They're very adaptable. So they, they can 
figure things out very quickly, but then we hand them back to adults who are struggling themselves, who are barely surviving. Uh, so that's when I saw the need for parents to get the resources and the help that they need so that they can help their children. So now I'm helping children by helping the adults to help children, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> I started all of this uh, working for a peacekeeping center. Uh, at the time, they were trying to build a program for uh, rehabilitating child soldiers. And that's where the... the the topic got really interesting for me is is uh, the programming that children will get early on in their years uh, is so powerful that they can actually be used as a weapon. And uh, the struggles of trying to deprogram a child that's been programmed to kill is uh, was just heartbreaking and, and devastating. So I was... I was like, no, we need to do, we need to do something. I need to help. It doesn't have to be that extreme, but at least to help the children in the community. So I, that's how I got into early childhood education. Uh, from a personal experience, uh, I am myself neurodivergent. So growing up, I know exactly what that's like, especially in a time where people, nobody talked about mental health issues and um, talked about being different, learning differently, uh, thinking differently, understanding things differently. Uh, so as a child, I know exactly what children go through, uh, trying to fit in, trying to be so-called normal, trying to fit in that box that shouldn't exist in the first place, trying to please your parents and not bring shame onto the family, all of that fun stuff. Uh, I know the impact that has on someone's mental health, and especially for children, we're looking at self-esteem issues, confidence issues, and anybody who is neurodivergent will understand me when I say this, this the pure exhaustion of dealing with it every day. You're just so tired, so tired that uh, I figured I, I need to give those words to children that are going through it. So how do you manage or how do you teach your child how to manage their mental health, how to keep that balance when you can barely manage your own uh, is a very valid concern for any parent or anybody who takes care of children. Um, before I, I continue with this, I just want to say I, I'm not one to sugarcoat. I will tell you things the way they are. Um, I, I, like I said, I've lived them personally as a child trying to fit in and professionally as a third party, not being in that storm of trying to survive with a child, um, but looking at from the outside and watching the impact that has on your child. Um, the, you, some of you may not be prepared to hear that. You just know that I'm not personally attacking you. I'm just telling you as it is, these are observations that I've had throughout my 19 years in this field. And it's important that we address them. If you feel triggered in any way, if you feel attacked in any way, then I invite you to take a step back and ask yourself why you would think that this was, why you reacted that way because that will be the root of the healing that you need to do to be able to help your child. So just keep that in mind, I'm always there to help. And um, if, you, if you find that this topic is important to somebody that you know, do share it as well. Everybody needs to be talking about this. Everybody needs to hear this so that we can just make this world a better place, <laughs> one child at a time. Uh, so how do you start? 
what do you where where do you even start this, this uh, what parents would ask me often is i don't know where to start and i'm not talking about a parent that just got a diagnosis for their child we're talking to any parent for any child how do what do i do <laughs> you know how do i start and it really has to start it has to start by teaching our children how to manage their emotion how to manage their emotions that they're we are not born with the words we are not born with what is socially acceptable for managing emotions very strong emotions our impulses our reactions all of that they need to learn now this is uh scientifically proven this is an actual fact that any anything that has to do with emotional and social development in children the bulk of the work is done within the first two years so we're it's not even once they start talking it's not when they start school is is from birth and even before birth but from birth is how they learn their environment is going to teach them how to manage their emotions and how to interact with others so keep that in mind that from day one you and every other person around your child is teaching your child how to behave and how to manage their emotions so it has to start from day one. You need to teach them how to manage their emotions. You need to give them the words, even if they can't speak yet, you need to, to give them the words to express what they're feeling. And you need to teach them how to manage those emotions in a socially acceptable way, because we're not learn, we're not born knowing that. We have to learn that along the way, and we are learning this within the first two years. Um, so it's all on you. It's all on us as adults to uh, to make sure that this child will be uh, well balanced. As scary as that sounds, uh, it is also very important to understand that we have we all have our days. We all have our bad days and we will admit it. Sometimes we may not because our ego gets the best of us, but we will all admit that we've handled things a certain way that we should have, um, whether we admit it publicly or not. We all have our bad days and those bad days for children are worse because they don't know how to manage it, because they don't know how to express it. And on top of that, because we're telling them, that they're out of control they're overreacting. So we're belittling their emotions that are extremely, extremely strong at that point. So those days are harder for children. So we need to teach them um, through our actions and through our words, but mostly our actions, because we could tell them how to behave, but they don't really listen to that. They're going to look, they're going to observe how we behave. So take that uh, into consideration from now on is uh, through my actions, through my reactions, how, what am I teaching my child? That's, that's the main question. It's not all the beautiful words that you tell them how to behave is how do you behave when you're having a bad day? That's what your child is remembering. Um, they learn by example and not just with the parents, with the teachers, anybody, any adult, any child that's around your child is teaching your child through their actions. So it is important to call out people, not to start a, a brawl, not to start a conflict, but to tell a child, you know, what did you think? Did you, how did, 
this person react? You know, what are your thoughts on that? How would you have handled that situation? You're teaching them compassion at the same time and empathy. If you were in that situation, how would you have handled it? Sometimes we have breakdowns uh, and you know what? We'll be quick to judge other people when they have those breakdowns. But when you're having one, um, it's justified. But when somebody else is having it, they're out of control. And that never made sense to me. But to keep that in mind, it won't make sense to your child. Uh, So will they learn by example? The first thing you need to do is take care of your mental health issues. Uh, find that balance. And, and there's an expression that I, I, it really is getting on my nerves now that, that self-care is, is not selfish. Uh, it's, it's very, very important. And yes, the message is there. You need to take care of yourself to be able to take care of your children. You need to show your children how you take care of yourself so your children will know how to take care of themselves when they're older. Um, the reason why this expression is is getting on my nerves now is because it's overused and a lot of the times it's used as an excuse to run away from your responsibilities. So uh, self-care is important, absolutely. But if you're going to use that as an excuse to not address your child's issues, then you need a lot more help than you think you do. You need more than a bath. You need more than a massage at that point. So again, if I trigger you on this one, ask yourself why. Am I triggering you? Because it's not a personal attack on you. Uh, we, It's all about your child. Uh, and so remember that it's about your child here, not about you. Um, so take care of your mental health. That's the best way that you can teach your child how to take care of theirs later on. Show them what you do. Uh, there's no cookie cutter way of taking care of yourself when it comes to your mental health. So you need to find what works for you. And so the more you can show your child, the more that they can find what works for them, what works for you won't work for them or very seldom. So that you need to tell them that it's not the only way to do this. There are other ways to do it, but to help them find the way to do it. Um, <clears throat> this is another one that may trigger a lot of people is no matter what, no matter where you are, uh, no matter what you do, you are stressing your child out. And I will tell you this from personal experience myself, having a rocky childhood, uh, but also as a professional, watching parents bring in their children every morning, picking them up at the end of the day, all stressed out, hurry up, we're late, blah, 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 all of that fun stuff. Um, you're stressing your child out. You don't, you're not aware of it because you're stressing yourself out. You're, you're in that vibration. Your child is very much affected by that. And that's the hardest thing to accept as a parent, even if you're calm, cool, and collected, and nothing is really stressing you out. There are things that you do that are stressing your child out. And I will explain why on a psychological side of things, uh, children do not see any faults in adults. Adults care for them. They are aware that the only reason why they're alive is because because adults are taking care of them. So you cannot do any wrong in the eyes of a child. So the only, if you start acting up, if you get angry, if you have an outburst, if you react a certain way, the only valid explanation for a child is that they did something wrong. They won't see any other aspect of your life that could have triggered they won't see the co-worker that got on your nerves they won't see your spouse or your partner that's that's gone out of line they will just think that they're the reason why all of this is going on and so 
they'll take the blame for it and they'll keep asking, well, what did I do wrong? I'm doing something wrong. What is it? They can't figure it out because they haven't done anything wrong. They can't figure it out. And now that goes into, well, I, I don't know right from wrong. I'm a bad child. Like what's wrong with me? I can't tell what I've done wrong. I did something wrong. My parents are upset. They're yelling, they're punching, they're doing whatever. They're screaming. They're blaming everything on me. I don't know what I did wrong. I'm a bad child. You know, I'm not worthy of love. All of that fun stuff that gets into into their heads. And now we're affecting their self-esteem, their confidence. It creates anxiety, stress, it leads to depression, and all of that other great stuff that comes along with it. So just know, no matter what you do, you're going to be stressing your child out. Even if you're hiding it, if you've become a professional hiding it, your child will pick up on your vibration. It will pick up on your body language. They will know something is off. If you are let's say you're you you've just gotten a diagnosis for your child whether it it is they're on the spectrum it's adhd um it's some kind of learning disability uh, some kind of genetic uh, issue um your child will know that they're different they will feel it they will know that there's they're not quite like everybody else so if you're not addressing it. If you're not saying anything about it, they're really going to think that there's something wrong with them because now it's, it's not just with you, but it's with everybody. So that's why for me, those boxes need to be destroyed. They need to be burned to the ground because uh, there's no such thing as normal. And um, it's our differences that makes us amazing. So we shouldn't be teaching our children that that's a bad thing at all, at all, at all, at all. Um, So, just make sure that you are aware of how you react. Take care of yourself when you need to take a timeout. Give yourself a timeout, um, but don't run away from the problem. That's the only thing. That's a little catch-22 there. You need to find that balance. Um, teach your children how they feel. it. Don't ignore the signs if you are, let's say, is thinking that it's time to, to get tested on certain things. Um, to seek out professional help for your child. Uh, don't ignore the signs because they are there for a reason. Um, your child knows, like I said earlier, your child knows that they are different. So don't ignore the signs. I've worked with families where uh, this young boy had just gotten diagnosed as uh, having Asperger. And um, the parents were saying, oh, well, we're not going to tell him yet. We're going to wait until he's older so he can understand. And uh, I was... Uh, that was devastating to watch because the child knew and especially when you're in the spectrum um you're very smart no matter what people say you you've got this ability to you just know things that other people don't know this child knew that he was different he was in grade three and it was just uh, heartbreaking to watch him to say what's wrong with me there's something wrong with me but he was being told that he was perfectly normal but he knew he was different and he was actually deep depression in grade three it was absolutely heartbreaking especially when you're fixated on the fact that you're depressed Uh, so don't ignore the signs get the help that you need get the help that your your child needs your child needs tools and resources you need tools and resources to help your child the earlier you get it the easier it will be for your child, the less uh, struggle there would be. I'm not saying that there will be no struggle, that that would not be realistic, but the earlier you can get started, the better it will be for your child. So don't ignore the signs. If somebody, especially when they get into school and say, 
there's some signs we are trained to tell the difference between a child that's having a bad day and a child who's struggling every day. This is the difference. We're not attacking your child, but just know that there is a difference between a child that's having a bad day and a child who is struggling every day. And this is what you need to understand is your child, if your child is struggling every day, that will have an impact on their mental health. So don't ignore the signs. Um, let them see it as a superpower. This is the most powerful thing you can do for yourself. It works for you as well. Uh, but for your child, it gives them the best visual ever to something that they can't understand. You have a superpower. What is so-called different is what makes you unique. It's your superpower. So when you're in your body, when you're feeling it, you're just like, you know, you're having an outburst, it's coming on, or you're emotionally, the anxiety, the trembling, the whatever it is that they're feeling, give them the words for it and tell them this is your superpower, your body, your emotions are telling you something is off, something is not right, and it's time to take care of yourself. That's, it's as easy as that anxiety is a perfect example of that, no matter how you experience anxiety physically, mentally, psychologically, it is telling you that it's time for you to breathe. It's time for you to take a time, you know, take a step back, take care of yourself. So this is how you can teach your child. If you can remember anything from this conversation is it's a superpower. Give them the words. How are you feeling it in your body? Where is it? Give it a name and, 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 use it as a superpower to say, okay, I, I feel like I need to tear this room apart right now. I feel like I need to punch a hole in the wall. I'm shaking. It feels like my bones on the inside are shaking. Those are signs. They were like, oh, okay. Uh, something's telling me it's not right now. Let's, let's go back to my breathing. Where am I? Am I safe? Let's go back to, okay, maybe I should, I should rest today instead of going on and, and adding more stress. These are the, the, the things that will help your child and it helps you as well to, to know when it's time to find that balance to keep your, your mental health intact. So be sure it works even for people that are more impulsive when you're dealing with children with ADHD, uh, for example, uh, even if it's half a second, they will feel it. They will feel it just before they start reacting that something is off. And, and by giving them a name, by naming it their superpower, they're going to be able to find it. PTSD, I've worked with a, a lot of, of people with PTSD as well, where is, is, is when you're being triggered. Uh, that is your superpower. Because at that point, you're not feeling safe. So start assessing. Start assessing what's going on around you. Why are you being triggered right now? That is your superpower. Um, we, we put a lot of focus on the negative and, and the sickness, supposedly, of it. But look at it the other way. It's, it's, it's actually helping you. Um, so embrace it and, and address it. Don't ignore it because that, then it just leads to more problems later on. You don't want that. So your body talks for you. Your emotions talk for you. And get the help that you need, even if it's not professional help. Not everybody can afford professional help. But there's um, so many groups out there just talking about it. When you're dealing with it alone, you really think you're the only one going through it. So as a parent, if you're concerned about your child's mental health, you really think that you are the worst parent in the world and you don't know where to start. When you start talking to other parents who have the exact same worries as you, you finally feel normal, whatever that is, but you know you're not alone. And just that, just kind of go, 
oh, okay, I'm, I'm normal. Uh, in, in my unnormal life, I am normal. That can help you a lot. And, and that will help your child. Your child will feel you more relaxed and that they will react to that. Um, you need to give them the right words. Don't make up words. Don't avoid words. Give them flat out. Say, okay, this is anger. Um, this is rage. Uh, this is not acceptable. You, you need to tell them, don't sugarcoat things for them. You need to tell them what they things are for, for face value. Tell them what they are. And the most important thing, again, uh, along with the superpower, is embrace your child for who they are and not who you wanted them to be. <laughs> so, again, those stinking boxes, get rid of them. They don't fit. They're not, we're not meant to fit in a box. So embrace your child for who they are, for who they really are, not for who you wanted them to be, not for who everybody else is telling you they're supposed to be. Embrace them for who they are. If you do that, tell them how amazing they are every day, how beautiful they are every day for being themselves. That alone will help a lot with their mental health issues because now they they know that they can be accepted they can be loved for who they are they don't need to camouflage they don't need to mask they don't need to hide behind who they they are and they can open up a lot more when they when they're not feeling well so embrace them for who they are get the ego out of there they're not who you want them to be they are who they are so just keep that in mind those are the best things that you can give give your children um teach them how to acknowledge those triggers. That's what I've, I said earlier. So uh, show them what you see and ask them to explain how it feels for them when they are being triggered and give them the words for it. Teach them how to breathe. Uh, sometimes even not talking at all is what is necessary for many, many of those children that I've worked with them and even for myself. They can work it all out themselves. They just need somebody to hold a safe space for them where they're not going to feel judged, where they're not going to feel um, all sorts of different ways. Just hold a space for them. You could be just kind of cuddling, sitting next to each other and just breathe with them, stay calm and breathe with them. And then sometimes that's all they need just to regulate themselves. It is very important to do it. Moving around is so easy. Uh, exercising is a big one for kids as well. Just get moving and uh, ask them. As I've worked with uh, children with autism, with stimming, and just do the stims with them. Whatever it is that, that they use to self-regulate, do it with them. And you'd be surprised. You can actually start understanding how that works for them. And whatever you think is disruptive for you, you will actually realize how calming and soothing it can be for somebody else. So again, it kind of moves the attention away from the negative to the positive. Move around with them. There is no cookie cutter way. There's no mold. Uh, there's no magic formula to finding balance with your men mental health. Everybody reacts differently. And what may have worked last year may not work this year, depending on what you're going through. So it's important to teach your child that this may work now, but this works for me, but that might not work for you, but let's try it out and see if it works. That kind of stuff uh, so that they can work around and play around with that to find their, their formula that will work. Uh, the last thing I will say before I go is stand firm with your, for your child. Um, 
when they do go through some struggles, if you have a diagnosis and now you, you need to um, stand firm for your child until they can stand on their own two feet, uh, you have to have their backs. Now, don't use it for yourself. That is, again, the ego thing. As long as it's for the best interest of your child, you know your child as a parent. Teachers know the child. So don't go for it as, well, this bothers me, so we need to fix it. But this bothers my child, and we need to fix it. There's a very big difference. We're not fixing the same thing if we're fixing something for you. Um, We need to be fixing something for the child. So stand firm to say, this isn't working. This setup is not working in the class. This interaction is not working. My child needs the electronic tools necessary. Stand firm for your child to say that, that all the tools that they're supposed to have are not accessible. Stand firm. And I know it's exhausting, but you're doing it to help your child. And they will see that uh, they are worth fighting for. So again, there's ways of handling it, of course, and as long as it's for the best interest of your child and not for you, you're doing okay. But working through it with your child is gonna help you work through your stuff as well. So when you're teaching somebody how to handle their mental health issues, it helps you. So keep that in mind as well. I hope this was helpful. There's so much, I can talk forever about this and there's so many different examples and scenarios I can give you in personal experiences, but I'll keep it at that for today. If there's anything that resonated with you, if there's anything that you would like to know more about it, don't forget this is what I do. I can help you. I can find you the resources that you need. Uh, If there's anybody that you know that could benefit from this talk, uh, please forward it over. Again, the more we talk about it, the more we can help our children and um, just make this world a better place one child at a time. So I will leave you with this. Thank you so much for listening in. And until next time, stay safe, stay awesome. I will talk soon.